hey, with thousands of strains out there to pick from, from hundreds of breeders, how do you know what to go with, guys? We have panel hang, welcome to Dude Grow Show. How do you pick the right strain? We got some panelists, panelists here uh, to help us out. What's up, Scotty? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, dude, I'm psyched for this. I, I, I was trying to think. I was writing some ideas down. I was thinking, what when you pick a strain, what do you got? You got to figure out how big it's going to grow, how much it's going to stretch, the space, the grow style you got, the, what do you got, taste and buzz, man, medicinal benefits, THC. right? THC, bro. What THC, bro. Which lab? <laughs> uh, come on, let's get into it. Man, I have a panel of experts. If they're not experts, they're at least authorities, okay? Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, man. Let's introduce everybody. Uh, I'll start with the guy sitting right in front of me, man. What's up, Jaron? Hey, how you doing? Thanks New, for having me. Always New Mill 5'8", man. Give yourself yes. a proper introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you guys know who I am. The yeah. Drug Dealers, the man, your podcast. Yep. You guys have been seeing the new podcast we got going on out there as well. So Deal. Always fun coming by and hanging out. Thanks for having me. I love it, man. JR Token, what's up, brother? What's up? Happy to be here, DGC. Do another one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, by, back by popular request, all y'all are, man. I've been looking at the comments. I asked who we wanted on the show over on Patreon. And uh, yeah, y'all are some of the most requested, man. And ready, drum roll, please. I think the most requested, Rasta Jeff, Irish Genetics. What's up, brother? Yeah, yo. It's an honor to be the most requested, or at least on that list. And it's an honor to be on here with these legends and you legends as well. So thanks for having me. It's a good yeah. offender. Wow, what is happening here, man? What is happening? I tried to find any social media to promote you with. You just post Bud, man. So try. What else would you like me to post? Hey, this is pretty good, man. Wow, those are some. How long have you grown your dreads? How long have you had dreads for? Bro, the dreads will be 20 years old in February. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a bar stool type chair, and they're almost touching the floor. I got to put them up on my knee, or they'll, they'll almost touch the floor here. Wow, wow, it has to be dangerous at times, like outright dangerous. I mean, where do you get caught up? <laughs> um, I do carry a, uh, a, it's not a weapon, it's a knife in case I do get caught up in something. I do most of the time have a pocket knife. <laughs> myself wow. in case something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. So my question, my question, Jeff, is Practical. how many times have you driven down the freeway with them hanging out the door in the Denver snow? No, no, I'm not going to do that, bro. That just Free. seems funky. I'm one of those Free. clean hippie. <laughs> All right, man. Come on, let's get into it. Jr., I tell you what, man. I'll start with you. You're more of a small scale medicinal grower. Uh, what are you looking for? How how would you like? And not even help me pick a strain. If you're looking through a seed catalog, what, what are you looking for? What's important to you? Well, first of all, I'll tell you the last thing I'm going to do is look at the picture because the chances of me cracking that seed and getting what's in the picture. Good luck. You know, you're not always going to get that unless it's a really, really consistent strain. But when I am taking stuff in, um, it's always a fact and then flavor. Um, I need something that's going to do the job for me pain wise. And right. next is flavor. I just I'm like skunk, funk, glue and gas. Yeah, all day. That's me. Skunk, funk, blue, yeah, man. I it's like, like a name of his album, you know? <laughs> Skunk, funk, blue, and gas. <laughs> so flavor is really important. For me, it's high, you know? Okay. But it's got to grow right, too, right? Yeah, and so, I mean, I think that's probably the most important thing is to, you know, know your setting. 
setting, set and setting, right? Isn't that what they always say? But it's like (laughs) they do, right? Unless you want to flip day one, you know, you better know that it's not going to stretch to the ceiling if you're a tank grower. And a lot of people think, oh, I want this, I want that, just based on its popularity or its. uh, I hate to say hype because I think that's a terrible term. Because of its popularity, a lot of people might gravitate toward it, towards it and then end up getting the wrong thing. And the other thing is, like, uh, know your strain if you're going to be outdoor or indoor. That also has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, And picking man. in the catalogs is tough. I mean, really, me, I like, this is what I like social media for, is because if I want to know how Orangegasm works, I'll go hit up Jeff's page, and I'll see all his people who grow all the Irie Army that's growing Orangegasm, and I'll see exactly how it grows. And I'll know if that's something that I'm really into or not. So I keep track of a lot of breeders, and a lot of breeders have gifted me endless amounts of beans that I've been able to give away over the years. Um, But for me, a lot of times, um, I find the medicinal value in the stuff that Brad, you know, gifts me. You know, I got to be honest, uh, the stuff that he gives me, uh, it's been really helpful for me. You know, uh, they say the plant provides, and and that I would say that holds true with most of his genetics. Well, I think that's a really good point that he makes about about you know going to the breeder and and taking a look at what they're posting and looking at you know in Jeff's case, obviously the Irie Army, but every breeder has their followers, right? Has their following yeah. because you can also start taking a little bit of a look of hey, that guy's doing under LED or that guy's doing under HPS or that guy's you know doing under a similar nutrient program. Let so me like, ask you: you go into a lot of grows. How yeah. much difference does that make specifically the lights? Because Aren't there some strains that are totally different in HPS? Then? Without a doubt. And, and this is something I've been soapboxing for quite a while. And by the way, JR, I, I really love the, the points you made there, though. I thought that was a, a really great lead-in because I've been soapboxing on this whole phenotypic expression for a long time. And it's, you know, people grabbing, whether it's... And what, what I see at the worst in is when people are grabbing, you know, historic genetics or classic genetics right. out of the 90s that have been selected under age-old or GH or whatever kind of nutrient programs and inevitably under HPS lighting and then taking that into whether a personal or a commercial setting and with a different nutrient program and even more specifically LED lighting today, right? So we're taking a totally different environment, a totally different light source and expecting a similar kind of outcome, which is not going to happen. To me, that's like trying to break science. You're literally like phenotype is genotype plus environment and even me not being a real seed popper which i love seeds and i'm a big seed collector, and i've been gifted many seeds from many of these you know wonderful breeders and i'll be honest i mean for me it's kind of my doomsday kit you know what i mean if it all hits the fan like i got like an incredible genetic uh a bank to go into sure but, you know, I would, and I was always of the opinion that I'm saving time by getting verified cuts, which I have at times. But I can also say I've taken these verified cuts, which I knew were verified cuts, took it from whatever situation they were, they were selected in. And just like JR said, I took it like it was the picture right. in the catalog. Well, you okay, cuts, though. You're talking sure. clones. But, but, yeah, but I'm taking that, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what somebody else is doing with it and what they've selected it under, and I'm taking it in my situation expecting the same right. thing. Right. And it's not going to happen. So even though I'm taking verified cuts, I still have to sift through them 
in my room and say, wow. okay, is this is this pure Michigan giving me what it was giving the guy I got it or some of the other people that I've seen? So, so Jeff, man, Rasta Jeff, you have keep in touch with a ton of people that are growing your genetics. Uh, is there a bunch of variation do you see from people with the, the same seeds in different environments and the bud just looks totally different? I can kind of answer guaranteed. that question myself. Guaranteed. Yeah. 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 yeah, Guaranteed. That's why I send out when I do testers. That's why I send the testers to so many people so Love I can it. see what they do under HPS, LED, uh, the ceramic right. metal halide. Uh, some guys grow under T5 still or outdoors even in greenhouse or out under totally. full sun. Uh, I will see completely different results. I've done my own cuts indoors for years. Uh, then I switched to LEDs, and I had to relearn how to grow some of my plants. Like some of them oh. react completely; they feed differently under the LEDs, like a way different feeding. Mm -hmm. uh, they want more food when you put them under the LEDs. And then I've grown my plants outdoors, and it's a way totally different story with some of them. So yeah, I do agree and believe that that environment will definitely change. Uh, just a couple of things can change a lot of differences in the plants. Very small differences in your environment, big difference in the plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And I'll, I'll, I'd like yeah. to add to that. I think, Please do. I think, I think spectrum is everything. Sure. I think that if you're in an environment, uh, your spectrum is going to dictate your your gene expressions a, a lot. Wow, and really? It's that important, who, huh? I, yeah, yeah absolutely. For pe especially for people who rock LED. I think it's even more important um, because HPS double-ended for the most part. You know, the, all that stuff's pretty dialed in for a spectrum-wise. But when you start diving into flowering and LED, it, you know, you got some lights that try to be all-purpose lights. You got some lights that, you know, kind of gear towards flowering. And There's so, some that you can you adjust know, a lot. You I know, mean, you guys, hang on. Come, yeah. Do you guys really think that's valid? Like, I I you get a white light, man, what is it, 3,500 Kelvin? Ish. Yeah, yeah. Right I'm happy yeah. with that. I don't think I need to. I mean, maybe add some UV or something like that. You all really think like back in the day when they used to you used to change the bulbs and put a sun aggro bulb in there to simulate fall. Is I mean, that first pro of all, I science? think you can get. I think you can get benefits from that. But I think the more important thing here is really looking at you know, and even getting back to the original. Uh, topic was why and how to pick for yourself sure. and i think i think one of the most important things Getting and i tell to the people topic, <laughs> i think i think especially when you talk about commercial you know, people claim to, again, save all this time by getting verified cuts, but I would venture to say you may not be saving that much time because you still have to sift through them. And I really, really encourage people to get genetics, get good genetics, and select them in your environment. Get your own true selections. Do it in your environment. Select for yourself right. or, your, or your grow or your commercial outfit or whatever it is. I do think that that's of huge value. Whether, whether one thing affects another more or less as far as spectrum right. or environment or or nutrient regimen i do think there's big time power in selecting for your own environment a lot of people ask me about uh, my favorite phenotype of a seed pack they'll be like ross jeff what's your favorite phenotype of uh we'll say the bobby knight or whatever something new and i've stopped telling them because i don't want them to select my favorite phenotype i right. want them to select their appropriate phenotype for their flavor their buzz their grow space right. yep. why do you care about my favorite phenotype it. like you got the seed pack because you like the description you like the cross now find the one in there it for should you. be truly subjective them. not objective it really should yes. be subjective well, to the grower i tell you what man we'll start with rasta jeff man if we're trying to rank what's important 
I guess even when you're breeding seeds, what is important for you? Uh, I'll start with being a, a grower, just a regular grower and a smoker. Sure. Um, the flavor and aroma are important to me, and the buzz are the second most important thing to me. I'm not sure which one wins. Uh, I want to get really high, but I also want it to taste good. Uh, I can always smoke right more, but uh, it's got to taste good or I won't smoke more of it, you know? So it's got to get me real high and taste real good. That's what I prefer. We got something in my lip here. My mustache. Sorry, I'll cover for you, man. Hey, Jaron, smoke my homegrown, man. Yeah, You're yeah, a connoisseur. Yeah, yeah. It's still curing. I got a compliment, right. compliment here for Jeff. Uh, speaking of phenotypes, this is in from Brent Barth. Um, this has got a particular pheno of the machine from Rasta Jeff that is straight up a head knocker. And here's the description, which I love. It smells like a skunk smoking a gas pump. I'm taking a puff out of his ass or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> one of the single best strain. I've ever grown. Can't wait. So that's a good compliment. A compliment. Hey, right cheer, cheers to the chef. Machine. Compliments. Yeah. 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 Fist bump to that dude. That is excellent. Shout but, out uh, to yeah, one eyed cat. Are the first things. Flavor okay. and aroma are definitely the first things on my list. Uh, and then probably uh, uh, well, then how it affects me. And then growth style. Like, does it does it work in my rooms? Because I can't adjust all of my rooms for every finicky ass plant. I've got to adjust the plants to the room more than than that. And that's easier to do. So just make the room Use one way and plants in there that work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, you said, that word. <laughs> couldn't help myself. Yeah. I love Thank it. You. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. But yeah, I think, I really think that, and, and I, you know, it's, I, I even love how you said that, Jeff. It's like, why even give them, why, why even skew their, their opinion by giving them a favorite? You know, because really that doesn't matter. You know, so like for your ingrain, I am a structure guy too. I will say as a grower, as a smoker, I could care less about structure, right? It's like right. go in and look at a Skittles plant. It's like, that's the worst looking plant you've ever seen grown. You're talking worst. just sparse, small, just, just, all I mean, over floppy, the place. It's terrible. It's just terrible. Um, I grew a pure Michigan here <laughs> recently. It was the most, I mean, just. Yeah. Like, I, Not a like, baby's arm, you know, a man's like, arm. You know, with those beautiful stems, it didn't even need to trellis it and like, I love a plant like that, but I still grow my glue, which I have for the last decade. That's a floppy, floppy old girl. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of annoying, but like whatever. You know what I mean? So I am a flavor guy. I think at the end of the day, and effect. Ah, what's up with yield? I haven't heard anybody say anything about yield. Who gives man. a shit about yield? Really? Yield doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Quality <laughs> over quantity, though. Yeah, I mean, it's. I would. I don't know. Maybe, and I don't want to speak for anybody, but it probably is my. It's really appreciated when I do finally find one where those all line up, which I will say does not seem to happen often. I do love it when yield comes in and is also like with effect, taste, uh, grow quality, all that kind of stuff. It's lovely when it happens. I can't say it's happened a whole lot of times for me. Do you all keep this? Like you keep unicorn. the same? Yeah, truly. Jeff you, and JR, you guys keep the same strains for long periods of time? Or are you switching it up? How long does the strain last for y'all? You know, it, it used to be back in the day that you could rock a really good strain for a while because uh, that's maybe all you could get, and people were happy with that. Uh, nowadays, you got 31 flavors on every corner, so they kind of expect a local homie to have 31 flavors, and it's tough. Yeah. Uh, when I find when I find something really good, um, I have a limited space. I'll keep it for a year or two, but then usually I'll move on to some other great thing that i find 
So, yeah, I like so- to rotate stuff in, rotate stuff in and out. But now that uh, the HLV virus is super pro- uh, dominant, prominent, prevalent, whatever the word, you pick a word. Prevalent. Now that, that virus, there you go. It's going around a lot. Uh, I don't want anything coming in. So I've been a real stickler about what comes in and everything that comes in gets a test immediately uh, before it makes it into general wow. population. So yeah, I'll be I'd sticking like- with my own stuff for a little bit. I'd like to add to that. I think part of your protocol now of uh, quarantining should be a simple test to a lab to make sure your viroids and viruses are not present before you bring them in. This yep. should be you- the new quarantine practices of every grower from the guy in the closet to the guy commercially blowing up, whatever. You don't have to be in the closet anymore, man. You know I what I'm saying? You can get 20 packs of tests. <laughs> Gringo, do you know what that company is? It's I- a... A twenty bucks a test? No, no, it's like twenty packs. You have to get them in like. Oh, okay. Packs. But there's a uh, there's a company in Fort Collins for HLV, um, uh, uh, hop latent viroid. It's like called maybe maybe Summit Labs even something. Hey, you like know that. what? Since we're just bullshit. Anyway, here. kind of. But I agree with you, Jr. You like it should be, it should be just the. It, it don't matter because they're not from Fort Collins. Sumi Genomics man. is what it is. Yeah, that's the next one. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Check I mean, your privilege, man. Quality. Too many genomics. Actually, that's out of Fort Collins. That's who it is. Quality. Yes. Yep. All right. So hop latent viroid is yep. pretty much changing the game. So there's advantages to doing seeds. There's advantages to getting clones. Clones are proven winner. You know, um, Jeff, can you actually speak on that a little bit about HLV in certain scenarios being passed, being a virus? It, you know, Typically, I don't think you see it as prevalent in seeds, but it can be passed. Is that correct? Right. Um, I'm actually working with a lab. I'm not sure how much I can share, but they're finding that uh, it does pop up if the plants that it is bred with, one of them is contaminated. The virus will pop up in 10 to 35 percent of the seeds. So if they crush up 100 seeds, grind them up, run that through the test, 10 to 35 percent of the seeds will have the virus in it. So when you start growing those seeds, you've already got the virus. You've started off with a problematic seed. Yeah, that is significant. I didn't realize it was those kind of numbers. That's that's. It's a lot. I mean, right. That's in a 10 pack. That's one to three seeds. If you've got that virus from a parent plant, what do you guys do to even know it? A lot of guys are using all their stock. Now they're going back to stuff they've had for maybe a decade and start breeding and working with that stuff. So then that from the future out, they know they can be producing something that hopefully is not a, I mean, I know we're just now able to uh, know what we call dudding, um, but still, at the same time, I'd like to think it was less prevalent in the breeding stock 10 years ago than it is today. You know, but interestingly, and I'm glad you bring that up, JR, because dudding is the first, that was the first way I ever saw it described, and it was on the forums, and that's that's all we knew. I don't even know who coined the term. I saw some old dudding? stuff. I think Capulator actually, just... I remember him calling it dudding, and I think, and I remember, Dud. I remember him specifically calling out GG4. And that's the one that I've seen that, like, the truest dud in my life. I had two plants right next to each other. One had the viroid? One had the viroid complete, the whole plant. The other one was perfect, nothing. Right. And I mean, to the point I was like, I went back and in flower took a cut of the good one to, like, make sure I still had it. And I, you know, knock on wood, I've never seen it again. But, like, it's, it's, it's the latent part of it's the crazy part of it. I don't know. The latent part of it's what makes you go, oh, man. That's difficult. All right, so I did a, a short form on IPM uh, this week, and mm-hmm. uh, it will come out this week, I guess. And uh, it, we talk about quarantining. One of the things is cultural practices, quarantining. Mm-hmm. It is 
pretty damn impractical, man. I'm just going to invent a new grow space to keep this thing in until I find out that it, if, if it's safe or not. Well, uh, but, but how do you all quarantine? I guess is what I want. I, I'll ask Jr. because you're. I, I think of you as a real small scale grower. Uh, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you do? I stick it in my mother in law's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Wow, it's a really good answer, man. <laughs> Oh. Even oh. comes with an exhaust fan. Yeah, dude, <laughs> dude, what you do? What I mean, what do you do? If somebody gives you a uh, a cut. You know, I broed it last time, which basically it was. I didn't do any testing, but the backstory is there. It's DGC O Cannabis Six Thirteen. He had seeds, actually Orange Gasm from Master Jeff. He popped maybe ten packs, I think, or so. He did his own little pheno hunt, and he's like, I really like this one. So I was kind of doing the trust thing. You know, knowing that it, it, it which isn't advisable because people cannot know that they have the problems that they have, you know, so uh, but so far, so good. I would suggest, like you guys are saying, it seems easier and easier and more affordable to get this testing done. And the scariest thing about that virus is you can go through a whole cycle, right? And just kind of be frustrated and maybe not even know how latent. bad, like, Definitely. it's latent. Hey, can I yeah. throw out a uh, question from chat real quick? Yes. So uh, our, yeah. our good friend, uh, your mailman grows, is actually curious about the dudding thing. He, he said he think he's at, has one of those. Is it like vigor or is it something else? Is it like total? No, 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 no. We're talking classic HLV symptoms. You know, small, small leaves, incredibly small buds, almost no resin, uh, the, a, a general stunting of the plant. Like I literally had <laughs> Dude two grunts. of the exact same plants next to each other, and even a person that's never grown a plant in their life looked at it and went, "Does not look like the same plant?" I mean, they, it, it, it's it, it's extreme. But if you read the uh, the symptoms that you see, it's even like kind of like that witch's broom kind of end. But if you read the symptoms that are classic HLV symptoms, that's and and it's it, I've even seen it on just a branch before. Or a branch or uh, two. Has anybody just, else seen that? And the yeah, rest of the plant totally that, But fine. I've read about uh, one of the people I'm working with. They say that it can be your main stock cannot be uh, contaminated or infected. And the branches coming off of that, you can test those. And they will show viral load in those and, tests. And you'll be able to see it. Once fun ever start. It, it's like once the first time you see powdery mildew, right? It's like, oh, the room looks perfect. And then your eye actually sees powdery mildew. And then you right. go, oh, my God. It's <laughs> everywhere. You know what I mean? It's like you can start spotting HLV like that. I mean, in a room, you go, boom, it's right there. God damn, like, he got pissed, man. Like, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What do you do? You got a quarantine, or what do you do? I mean, I have a small space like Jr. does. Yeah. Um, I probably, I mean, no, not really. I know it's hard, <laughs> man. I have a little tiny space, man. I'd have to really go set no, up I like mean, a, uh, no. a little like, tent in the closet. Yeah, like man. the reality is, I, you know, I think everybody probably has it. On some level, I do think without a doubt that there's some genetics that probably deal with it better than others. I think even what JR is mentioning about some of the older mother stock that's out there, if it's still making it through this long, man, it's probably like probably got some pretty strong genes in there. I think some of these, you know, watered down polyhybrids very well could be um, more susceptible, you know, because they don't have some of the natural defenses right. within their genetic code. What the hell is a watered down polyhybrid, man? Jeff? <laughs> Cookies to cookies to cookies <laughs> to chem dog. I, you know what? Man? So, help, so just to have some beginner questions, because I get this all the time. Uh, cutting clone from clone from clone does not weaken the plant, right? The genetics are the same there, correct? 
Correct. <laughs> Correct. You would just get some kind of maybe a virus it's, or th- something that, like that. that. That's that's the difference is yeah. that they can pick things up along the way. Yeah. So I actually call it, and I think I probably even said it on here. I I don't call it clonal degeneration. I call it clonal accumulation. Right. So right. I think yeah, get getting more picking stuff up. Yeah, I think it's I can I think you can get a few monkeys on its back over over. So time. what are you all talking about then? Well, I I try to keep them freshly rotated <laughs> as far as my mothers go because the longer they grow and the older they are, the more susceptible they are to stress and to disease, and so they're going to pass that on if you're taking cuts over it year after year after year so for me i like to cycle my mom's also because i can do it with limited space see and i do no moms i just say cut off a cut off a cut off a cut off a cut and as far as i'm concerned beyond soma clonal variation which is a which is a point variation a, a point mutation which is rare um yeah I yeah so i just want to get that totally out there jr like this is an annual plant the longer you leave it around the more Crap could go wrong, yeah. quite frankly. So then, oh, what yeah. what are you guys talking about then? When they the, the poly hybrid cookies? Oh, so the we're cookies? basically just talking about well, you know, basically the opposite of, oh, of an hybrid really, line, you yeah. know. But but again, Jeff, if you want to go on that and, and, and field that as a serious question, by all means. Uh, yeah. So uh, most of what we're actually growing and breeding with are poly hybrids. The true F one would be to take. Um, Gosh, this is this could take a lot a lot of time. I'm gonna eat up the whole show here. I'm um, a poly hybrid. Just we're in the elevator, them, man. Throw them together, breed them. No reason, no rhyme or reason, no purpose. Poly hybrid. Uh, true F1, a true filial generation is when you take two very uncommon two heterozygous plants and breed those with purpose, and that's an F1. But then you should actually work those to an F6 and then breed. Or two on. parallel lines to an F6 and then breed those together. Then you have a true F1. That's not a poly hybrid. Yes, I know. A, I told you it'd be a while. No, yeah, do me a favor. True hybrid vigor. What you described there, Jeff, was true hybrid vigor because you're taking two inbred lines. Which inbred hey, wait, wait, lines. I'm going to open this up because this is the next segment that I really oh, wanted sorry. to do, which is help me understand these terminology. And I'll say, even if I'm mm-hmm. just picking seeds out of a catalog for Christmas, mm. um, I still don't understand. BX two, three times eight X. Yeah, yeah, and Jeff, man, Jaron, pop oh, on Jeff, in please. here. Uh, but man, I thought it'd be take as much time as you want, man. I think the chat, you guys can tell me, but I would love to know, man. So, <laughs> yeah. So you're looking for seeds. Um, do you want regular or feminized seeds is usually the starting question there. Like people, uh, many of the new growers want fems because they're limited on plant count. The fems are guaranteed all females. That's the first thing I look for regular or feminized. Then so let there, me stop you. Wait, let me stop you right there. So feminized is what feminized means. Uh, yeah, all just, of the just seeds in me. that pack will grow into female plants. Uh, what we want is the female plant. The consumable, smokable, sure. enjoyable plant is the female. Uh, you don't have to worry about having a male plant in the mix. The males will mess up the whole party. And maybe uh, so you can speak just, on plant. how that's done even, Jeff? Yeah, I'll try to. The simplest way is... Oh, no, you, you talk, man. Uh, well, I treat... Uh, so, well, this is a good part of the conversation. We'll focus on fems for now. That's a good way to do it. Uh, say I want to make golden goat feminized seeds, which I do quite often. I make fem seeds. They're available at iRedirect.com. Uh, golden goat fems. I would take two clones of the golden goat, uh, the same exact plant. One of them would get treated with a, a solution, silver thiosulfate. Uh, it gets treated a certain amount of times on a specific schedule. That will make it create feminized pollen. I then take that female pollen and put it on the other golden goat clone at the right time. And the seeds that come out of there are pure golden goat feminized seeds because now it's golden goat to golden goat 
There's no adulteration. It's just the goat to itself. I uh, S one itself. It selfed itself. Um, S1. It's just gold okay. against them seeds. S one. Yeah. Okay. S is self. So it's selfed itself. Now let's say I took that pollen and put it on a different plant. Let's say I put it on platinum tangy to make more orange gasm seeds. Once again, available at iReadDirect.com. <laughs> uh, so we're making the orange gasm seeds. That is an R one because I didn't self it. I used reversed pollen on a different plant. So that is an R1. It's orange gasm. It's technically an R1. Excellent. So the S1 is Excellent. if I self it, the R is a reversal R1. Uh, so that would be the R1 is the first time I do it. So if I were to uh, reverse that pollen again and put it on something else or work with that plant another direction, that would be an R2 if I were to use reverse pollen again. I think I said that correctly. I'm trying to yeah. keep up with myself. So and what about That's if nice. you, 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 you got one, dude? Yeah, yeah, I just still wanted to throw this in there as far as because Scotty, I know me and you as growers, um, sometimes either I don't know if I choose to forget some of these terms when we get into F one F this, and I know it's not that hard or RBX or I do think some of it is it, it, as a grower you need to know if they're feminized seeds or not, and I like to know more than anything any type of growth characteristics a breeder can give me. I think maybe the breeders kind of might confuse somebody like me or you, Scotty, when if they why do we need to know all the backstory? as the well, actual grower hey, it's going to help you if you want to dig well i do just want to know it you know what i mean but um uh i think it has to do with whether when you get seeds how much variability you get as you can pick some seeds if you know what you're you know, and explain this to me but there's some seeds that are really stable where you're like dude that's gonna look like what it's supposed to look like you know right. and then there's others where they're tell me it's it's what f1 and f2 yeah, right. uh, and I want to touch on what dude said. I'm going to just, uh, uh -huh. the reason people want to know which every strain is in there is because some of those strains work well for them medically. Uh, the medical uh, uh. community really likes to know that like this one works well for my name of condition. And this one gives me paranoia. So if we know that and remember that, it helps us kind of yeah. dose ourselves. But um, okay. yeah, just that's my reason. I experienced that in the medical community when I worked <laughs> as a bud tender way back in the, the day. So um, the F1 is going to be, you're going to see things that look a lot like the mom, stuff that looks a lot like the dad, and then what I call the 50-50, which is usually what we're looking for, the one that's the perfect blend of the mom and dad. So if you had a red and a blue, uh, that 50-50 is purple. Those are usually what you see, but then I'll say there's 25 of the one in the middle, 25% this one, 25% of the mom, 25% of the dad, but you're also going to find 25% that are just kind of weird representations of all of those outliers, somewhere in like, between. Yeah, real outliers. Yeah. Those, and those yeah, are the recessives, outliers. right? All those genes yeah. lurking in the background. Right, yeah. right. And then when F2, F2 are really going to see grandma and grandpa and grandparents yes. show up in the F2. You're going to see... So uh, more diversity. Uh, more there. diversity. Right. F2 okay. is more diverse. If you breed properly, F3 <clears throat> starts narrowing it down. You start making it more stable. Stability is when the phenotypes look more uniform. That's stability. Uh, F3 is when you can get closer to that if you select properly. Sometimes it's hard to pick. Uh, sometimes they don't breed the way you think they're going to. Sometimes you got to throw thousands of seeds away and start over. Uh, so those F3 should get closer to the uniformity. Then you breed the F3, the F4, you really start locking things in. If you don't have what you want by F4, start over. Do something differently. By the time you're at F5, probably 85% of your seeds will come out looking uniform. If you've done your selections properly, right. you'll throw in 100 seeds and get 85 that look like you grew clones. There'll be 15 of them oh, that are weirdos, nice. and who knows what those will be when at that point. But if you <laughs> yeah. F6 it, you're throwing out 
of uniform plants if you do it correctly. And that's the IBL, the inbred line? That's basically an IBL at that point. Some breeders would label that one an IBL, yes. Yeah. So would you say that's the difference between a breeder and a pollen chucker? Oh, I couldn't say that because I put out a lot of F1s. People love F1s. Um, I And my reasoning, why I justify, well, I, I don't even need to justify it, but I think I did good selection because I worked in commercial grows and I was getting the cultivars from all the commercial grows. I got to see them get beat up and abused and overwatered and underwater yeah. and deal with spider mites because commercial grows get it all. So I took those gems from there is how I had so much confidence in my F1s. I put out some F2s and I've got some F3s and... There might be more stuff that I shouldn't talk about yet coming, but yeah, the F ones really sell. People love them. Right now, the market's all about fems, though. Honestly, yeah, seventy no, percent of the sales are fem seeds. It's crazy how how big that's that's going. Actually, is how it's like. No, really it's not. It makes fem. total sense. Well, Do I want to waste my time with fifty percent? I mean. I, Yes and no. It just we didn't historically do that. You just saw a lot more of it go into the European market. And granted, that's yeah. a little bit older market. You know, technically, even though that market's looking more back at ours, that was a market that was much more open to, you know, uh, uh, to to fems earlier than we were. And I've always still been more of a guy just because. Hey, Darren, they're okay with the ladies getting with the ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. It's just old school, so. all right. You know? Viva la France. Um, um, and I, I do, I do like just point about you know taking those strong genetics that have been you know really 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 beat up. You know what I mean. And by the way, Jeff, thank you. That was a really that good was explanation. bomb, man. Thank and, you yeah, so much, that, brother. That was a fantastic respect, explanation. Man. I think people really yeah. benefit, including myself. It's great to get a refresher on that. And I will say, you know, a little shout out to one of the breeders out there that I do think is doing that kind of extensive work. And one of the few is uh, Dynasty Genetics. Um, Professor P out there does a really, really great job stabilizing his genetics. If you go onto his website, you'll see he's got the three phenotypes. That's going to be 75% of what you see coming out of his packs. Yeah. Um, he does a great job. And, and, but again, he's got, he's got that understanding of the grandparents of, of the way he puts together. Cause it's really a big, it's a, it's a mosaic. You know, people think that like, it's this very defined thing when it comes to plant breeding and i did want to speak super fast on i have a little bit of an opinion on pollen chucking versus breeding and by the way i don't think pollen chucking is bad i think pollen chucking is fun no. that's all it i've ever used done used to be man college <laughs> yeah. town brother hey making beans sometimes is just fun <laughs> just to do it you know it's like sometimes i've had these guys that'll just hey you want a little bit of pollen hell yeah i want a little bit of pollen and i'll dust <laughs> one branch you know what i mean and get some beans like why the hell not um, but I think breeding with purpose, you're a breeder, whether, whether, you know, all the background or not, you know, that's fine. You know, and I if think you make an IBL, I, you're a breeder, right? Well, uh, well, and there are some people, and I know that even Kaplan <clears throat> out there said, Hey, look, you know, he, and he said, I'm not even a breeder. He goes, I don't have any, I've never worked anything to an IBL. There are some people that, uh, use that mark. I don't personally use that mark. I think the biggest part about breeding is you need to have a goal. I know when I was in school, that was one of the biggest things. And I think that's the difference in pollen checking and not pollen chucking even if you don't know all the background but you start with an actual goal that you are working towards right now you're breeding if you're just throwing a couple things together and making beans again which i've done plenty that's pollen chucking again this is my opinion nobody nobody pinned me to the wall on it but that's what i would say if you can yeah, make well, an aerial chart you're probably not a pollen chucker <laughs> well there you go i mean look i'll tell you the the, the two most difficult uh, classes that i had 
was uh, organic chemistry and, uh, and and plant breeding. Oh, look at the flex, yeah. man! So, no, 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 no! I'm just you saying passed this, organic this. chemistry, man. <laughs> I passed organic chemistry. Wow! Yeah. Hey, on the subject of wow. Jaren's uh, science flex, there, I'm gonna throw one more comment out from Blue Kiss Gardens. Hey guys, make sure you hit that like button in there. We got 500 people in yeah. the chat. We got 500 nice. likes. Make sure you subscribe if you're not. Hit that like button, guys. Thanks, Blue Kiss Gardens. Grandpa, what happened to all those comments? Oh. You just had some cool comments up, man. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I lost them, sir. Uh, one of them was great. Uh, uh, where you guys are talking about uh, keeping isolating uh, clones and, and quarantining them. Right. Uh, One-eyed cat cannabis said, "Isolating clones. This is why everyone should have a dishwasher grow." Yeah. <laughs> Can we touch on yeah. that again? Uh, yeah. When I say isolating clones, and you're like, "I'd have to build another room." No, bro. It's a clone. Just set it somewhere for a few days. It's not like we're putting this thing into like a room and doing a bunch of shit to it. It's a clone and in a cup. Just exactly. throw it on the table for And as long as it's not rubbing shoulders with a bunch of different yeah. stuff or you're not cutting from this and then taking the scissors right over there and topping it. Yeah. That that's it's you gotta remember it is like T M B in the sense that it's mechanical. Um it's and it's not as easy unfortunately to to kill uh, as some things can be, you can't just use alcohol, but it is still a mechanical transmittal. So if you do keep that in mind, you could even have like you know, I mean, you don't have a new pair of scissors. I know some people have gone extreme and have, like, a, a, I mean, I'm not even kidding, a different pair of scissors for each genetic. I mean, you know. Right. He's clean them, man. Cultural, by the way. Uh, cultural mecha- practices. Grambo. Right. Yes. Mechanical transmittal. It's got to be the album title, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's how man. I ended up with a baby was a little mechanical transmittal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a Friday night. Yeah. Like yeah, but, Matt, so, uh. I don't, a lot of this, I guess, is cleaning your scissors, cultural practices, but yeah. it's going to take a while to figure out if you got, you know, hot latent viroid. Well, again, you can you can totally take latent, everything you man. have, everything you have in your stock, and you oh, can it's test true. it. Yeah, you're right. We were talking as soon as that cut comes in, wrong black, century. Uh, cut yeah. your test. Then yep. blast it with pesticides of your choice and keep it over here in quarantine for a few days. <laughs> Send the test. It takes like two or three days to get it's there. Quick. Two or three days to test yeah. it. You'll have results within a week most of the time. Yeah. I mean, the only reason like not it. to do it is if, you know, if you're, if, you know, if things are just performing fine, but again, it's late and so it'll come bite you in the ass right when you, right when you least expect yep. it. Another well, thing I want to add is you, if you're out there sourcing clones, there are folks out there commercially who are doing batch testing for everything that goes out. They're doing tissue cultures on all their moms multiple times. Good point. Really? They are guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, they have to. If they they're have selling to. a commercial, if they're selling to a commercial place, and they bring down an entire commercial facility, they're not going to sell clones for very long, right? Is tissue culture now just a big thing with, with clones and all that? I mean, are there tissue culture labs? and There are, but let me be real specific about tissue culture in the sense that just because it's tissue culture doesn't mean it's cleaning up any viruses. That has to be tip meristem tissue culture. Most of it is done with nodal cuttings, which is completely just, fine. That's just that micro-propagation, that, That's man. for genetic banking. That's that's for propagation and banking. Yeah. That's not for and cleaning. And they're, they're finding they have to do sometimes five passes. Like they'll have five, to do five that. to seven, five to seven passes is exactly what I've heard uh, a Jr. And that's that's straight from Dark Heart. They can you can you can go and send them a genetic. They'll clean it up for like ten racks, something like that. But they have to put it through five to seven rounds of tip meristem tissue culture because the reality is what you're doing is um viruses move very very fast with the plant but they can't keep all the way up to the very most um uh, uh newly divided cells which is a tip meristem so if you are very very skilled it can can just sliver off just 
stuff the, the, the top couple layers of cells sure. and regrow those, you can avoid virus in it. But but it's difficult. It's and not. This is not. This isn't. No, and no offense to any of the kits that are out there. All the kits that are out there, and I'm not going to name any names. It's not the same thing as all. No, no those offense, are all nodal. Those are all nodal cuttings. Yeah, and they're great for genetic banking, but they're not going to clean a damn thing. And the idea, if you don't know about tissue culture, is you're just basically starting it from cells, man. So essentially, it, yes, an explant specifically. So. Yeah, so you just get something in theory that's super clean and it's super compact too. If you're yeah, trying you can, to you come can up with a, a couple of thousand, in a very small place, and you yeah. can put them in a sort of homeostasis because you're really connect, uh, controlling it with plant hormones. So it's growing on an agar, like a, basically a gel. And you, depending on the mix of cytokines and auxins and gibberellins and things like that, you can basically let it sit there, or you can kickstart it into root production, right. kickstart it into shoot production, whatever you want to do. I'd say mainly apical for commercial grows. I still haven't seen. We've covered it on the show a bit to where it's something as a home grower I'm interested in doing with the ease of, of taking clones and stuff as far as tissue culture goes. But I see applications for sure when you can store that amount of plant material for 100%. a commercial grower and they can pull whatever they well, want. Well, there's guys, there's traders now that are selling direct cuts. They're selling direct to consumer and they want to make sure their consumers are getting the very clean product because that will also destroy your brand and your name. Well, and it's also very shippable too. You know, yeah. I mean, you, can, you can you can like uh, uh, um, you can ship a lot in a, in a very small space of uh, little like that. I was going to say to Jeff as far as having a, a you know a quiver of tools to work with to breed with. Could you imagine having a genetic bank? I mean, you can store those things for oh, long yeah. periods of time, and right? Hundreds of them on one little rack. Could you imagine coming like yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's, so my it, plant count remains the plant count, and I've still got a hundred mothers that I could play with when I choose to. Wow. Because right now I'm finding myself rehunting clones that I've had four and five years ago, and I'm limited on plants, so occasionally some shit's got to go. Wow. And I'm hunting that back. I'm calling friends like, "Hey, bro, do you still have this cut? Do you have this cut?" Yeah, you can just put that into. Some, and, you know, I got to spend money on cuts again. It feels weird. Wow, yeah. culture and, and, moms. I never even thought of that. And, and uh, dude's totally right as far as and I've never. Look, you don't just have laminar flow hoods and things like that around. I mean, to have a true working tissue culture lab is not as easy as they like to make it seem on Hell Amazon. Hell no, man. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I've it actually seen cool, on though. the East Coast, I've seen a facility that their goal is to completely eliminate veg via their tissue culture room. But to be able to bank that up and time that out is harder than you'd think. Oh, yeah. It's man. a lot harder than you'd think. And, and, but they're, they're going to do it. They're working on it. And they've got some, you know... Some top level <laughs> professionals that are in there. They got three PhDs uh, working full time in that lab. Jeez, so top men. Now, now we got. Top, <laughs> now, we have, now we have cryogenics that are getting ready to handle plant tissue and plant matter, not just animal cells and, and you know that kind of thing. So once we get cryogenic abilities to preserve plant tissue and well, plant cells well and I'm, you can have an infinite library forever i'm you know? i'm i'm not to not to burst anybody's bubble but svalbard is the largest uh, genetic uh bank of anywhere in the world that's in greenland svalbard uh and so and, and even here in, in in fort collins has a massive seed bank uh here that's all cryogenically yeah, yeah. frozen there's uh, two thousands and thousands and th it's one of like five in the world have there was one in libya but it got blown to smithereens <laughs> oh no yeah well you know what i mean <laughs> and unfortunately it had the highest bank of some of the the most drought resistant crops in the world well people don't understand when you lose plant genetics bye bye they're yeah. gone if you got a problem with potatoes where do you go 
place of origin. What is that? Peru. If you got a problem with uh, 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 with uh, apples, you go to the place of origin. Why do you do that? Because you have to hope to God you're finding some resistance genes no in some kind of heirloom gen- genetic that's still there. Otherwise, you're screwed. Aside from this CRISPR technology and some of the GMO shit, which I'm not willing to necessarily dive into that topic, uh, but aside, like in, in in the in the traditional plant breeding world, you know, you lose something within within the plant world, it's gone. Now right. there is that technology where they're bringing in bacteria genes and, and weird and all kinds of shit with the CRISPR technology and whatnot into. Plant I genomes, believe, which that's like, a whole other. He's like, we're not going to touch that. No, 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 no. I believe well, Jaron's talking that. about cannabis Jurassic uh, Park. Like basically. So anyhow, Jeff, uh, I'm gonna say, imagine that weird forest that pops up from where that uh, seed storage place got blown up. Right, All those seeds blew up into the air. <laughs> it is somewhere, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude, it is true, right? There's yeah. the Doomsday yeah. Vault, and there's I can't remember in Iceland and well, Fort Collins. Yeah, right? Svalbard. There's, there's, like we literally have yeah. one of the largest seed storage facilities in the world, and it's all done with liquid nitrogen. It's all cryogenic. <laughs> Just so, breaking case of apocalypse. Point, JR, you're absolutely correct. Hey, Jeff, help me out with something, man. I you always hear about a pheno hunt, and I would like to figure out how what that means. And you mean like a proper number? Uh, just in general, man. No, I think that uh, he laughs. Uh, that's a, I, This is a good question. This must be a good question. What, what, is it, what do you consider a phenohunt, Jeff? And does it matter which? Uh, it's like what's a breeder? Uh, does it matter what, what pack of seeds? If you've only got room for six plants, do a six-plant pheno hunt. You know, if that's what you got room for, I don't discriminate. Well said, do what brother. you can. Live how you can live. Some people can do three seeds at a time. Do all three. But then after you've selected your favorite one of those, sprout two more, and then run all three side by side again. And keep doing that battle of the fittest test right there until you find your dream plant. But ideally, uh, you'd run somewhere between and do stay legal, be with all in your means and all that legal disclaimer stuff. But run as many as you can possibly manage. If you can manage 100 plants, run 100. Uh, hopefully, you're going to be able to take 100 clones that live because you might want a clone of this plant. But run 100. Yeah. Go ahead. Minimum size container. What's the minimum? And before I, you answer this, because um, I'm going to jump in, remind people to comment, like, subscribe, guys. If you're growing the dank, great way to support this panel show, go to realgrowers.com, get some grow dots, get some recharge. Got to throw that in there, Scotty, as well. Yeah, as absolutely. Grow. Do and get it out there and show board. some love for uh, Jay Maestro. Uh, yeah. We got a good fundraiser we're going to do next week for that for our bodies. So show some love yes. for Jay. Yes, absolutely, man. Monday, right? Everybody going to show up and hang out? You know it. All right, man. Same time next week, man. Oh shit, Jaron, you'll be in uh you'll be in Las Vegas, right? No, I'll be back for Vegas by then. Oh, no, I've lived Las a lifetime Vegas. and I'll be back. Oh my right god. Then. Is that is that what you're staring, man? Like, oh no, what will uh, happen? Yeah, it's like, oh. Uh... They He's made you. Them. They made you clean up for Vegas. What's going on, man? Well, you know, I mean, every, you know, just got every, every <laughs> once in a while. Who is this young man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question there for Jeff, I wanted to get was when you're doing a pheno hunt, minimum, like, what's the smallest container you'll go to to grow out a plant in its life cycle without, you know, messing with what it might be able to give you—a two gallon, a three gallon. Yeah, to be right? honest with you, dude, I have fully flowered plants in beer cups. Just do a I full knew pheno hunt run. The red cup um, What? When I breed seeds, I don't know what I've made sometimes and before i want to give them out to you guys to play i want to play with them first and i'll just do uh, my legal amount of plants to my legal limit in beer cups and veg them until they're as tall as a gi joe and then flower them out and see if uh if i've got anything wonderful or if i've got a whole bunch of intersex junk so beer cups is as small as i'd really go but if you really want to make something out of it like a three gallon pot that's probably your best bet 
yeah. wedge it until it's about like knee it. high. Uh, I'm tall, so veg to my knee, and then take the top out and use the top as a clone. Use the two bottom branches as a clone. Oh, you got three cuts of your uh, your hunt. Um, so veg them until they're about that tall. Get your cuts and then flower them out. Well, take I'm... notes. If something sucks, uh, that's not the plant for you. If it's something is amazing along the way, that could be the plant for you. The ultimate test though is smoking it. You got to smoke it and see if it's everything you want yes. as the as the smoker. Does okay. it give you the flavor, aroma, and head buzz? Or if you're Jr., the medical relief that you need. That's the most important part. So run the plants, give them a full, feed them just like you normally would, do everything you normally would, but do everything the same to every plant so that it's scientific. So that you don't pick the wrong one. You know, like this one got fed more recharge than this one. Obviously it's going to be better. Grow dots. Every plant. (laughs) Grow dots. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's great. Every plant. Nah, it sure would be easy. Or somewhere. We get those grow dots and run every plant exactly the same. Top them the same. If you do one thing to one plant, do it to the others. Defoliate evenly. Sure. Give it a true test and find the one that works for you. If you're a pop and twist and kind of grower, find the one that pops and twists. If it doesn't pop and twist, that can't be the plant for you. What does, what does that mean? Low and the one, I, I um, give up, man. What does that mean? I pop and twist pop the and stems twist. to uh, oh, super cropping. Them, like a knuckle, super cropping. Yeah. Okay. A knuckle on the plant. Yeah. I do that to <laughs> most of my twist, plants. It slows down do the, the stretch. Uh, <laughs> really? The first 21 days, it'll slow them down. It'll focus more on healing that instead of growing up. And it makes them a little more, uh, that neural makes them tougher and flower, I think. So yeah, I do a lot of that. Um, if the plant gets too tall, I've got a low flowering space. If the plant gets way too tall, that's not the one for me. It's like dating. Just go on a bunch of dates and audition those girls and see <laughs> which is the perfect one for you. Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah, and I used to have a, a good friend of mine, and you know, he popped a lot of beans from a lot of breeders over time. And his whole thing said, look, if a breeder's done their work, you know, to ask for a, for a real unicorn out of a 10-pack is like, that's asking a lot. It happens. It definitely happens. He was a two-pack guy. He said, if I'm really interested in something, he goes, rather than grabbing one of a bunch of different things, he goes, I'd at least grab two of everything I was grabbing. And I thought that was a pretty good way of doing it. He said, at 20, if I can't find a real keeper, he goes, then, you know, I, I do find, a, you know, th- th- that should that should be enough. Right. Right. <laughs> It should be there. I've, I think you'll find a keeper in one pack of my stuff. If you get a 10-pack of regs, mm-hmm. uh, there'll be something you love in there. And if you get the fems, there's definitely something for you in the fems. You you saw the menu. You said bubblegum to uh, golden goat. You fell in love with that. You're going to find something that you love in there. You're already that close. Uh, it's like you wanted Italian food. You drove to the Italian restaurant, and I'll just open up the menu and pick the dish. Well, and I think it's I think it's actually unfortunate that people... That that they they go so much for whatever the quote unquote keeper was right like I I think that I think people do themselves a big disservice by doing that you know what I mean I even think that the way that that Cap put out Mac one and then turned around and put out the beans I actually think potentially those were F two with the amount of variation that came out of there and said you know don't even look for this one this is the kind of the clone only like. Go out and look for your own stuff in there. And I think people made a mistake by trying to actually look for the clone-only Mac 1, which was never found right? Um, because it wasn't really findable, uh, and, and and rather than just looking at all the cool stuff that was actually in there. Hey, uh, that's, that is a good point, man. Some of these legendary strains like the Mac 1, they are clone-only. When you see Mac 1 uh, beans, different, it, yeah. it, it is different than that specific clone. Especially in that know? particular situation. And again, that's a bit of a... You know, there's a lot of 
as Jeff absolutely knows that goes into it, and and I think Jeff's a man of the people, you know, and I think that's really where he's he's Word. you know found his his successes. He's very been very available. I know that you're a, a, a big on Discord and a lot of different things, Jeff, and really like make yourself available to people, and that's huge because yes. you stand behind your product. There, other people take a little bit more of a marketing aspect behind it. You know, it's to each their own, but you know, it's it's even like it's weird because like I hate to say it. But as a grower, I would even look at name. And I know that some people hate that. I know, that people, But guess what, guys? Marketing is a part of it. And I remember even I saw Subcool years ago say that he screwed up on a few strains with the name. Said those should have been better. Those should have been huge. There was, they were so good. He goes, I screwed up the name. And I screwed up the sales. Scarlet and Begonia. Name it. There. Uh, Scarlet would have sold better if I didn't name it Scarlet Begonias. Really? Ah, ah. It got overlooked. It was a the deadheads ah. bought it, but only my deadhead friends, and that's like six of us, and then <laughs> nobody else like even six. knew it was fire. Jerry, thank you for the compliment. Hey guys, on the, the subject, you're very welcome. Hey, on the subject of that, can I ask? Because uh, uh, we're talking about like F F ones and all this shit. Yeah. I, I, like with Mac One and GG Four, that's phenotype, right? Those are like yeah. the fourth of that, yes. right? Gorilla Glue number yeah. four was yeah. a number yeah. four from the phenol hunt, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of confusion out there. A lot of people think that it's related to like the genetics, like, oh they back crossed. It's like I'm pretty sure it's phenotype. That, yeah. that that was yeah, that was the fourth, the fourth right. Because there was even a GG seven that was out there, an eight that was yeah. out there for a while, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, that clears that up. Thank and you. then even like, you know, with Chem Four, it's a similar situation, if I remember right. Uh, and actually Chem the Chem 4. D, I believe it was A B C D instead of one, two, three, four. Oh. If yep. I remember correct. So, uh, well, I thought 91 was the revised version grown in 91. 91, yep, 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 yeah. yep, yep. Damn. Learning stuff today, guys. Good stuff. stuff. That's a good episode, Scott. <laughs> uh, well, it's, a, it's a good panel, man. Damn hey, Rusty Jeff, what is your grow style, man? What do you grow? you organic, man? No, you're synthetic, Ooh. right? Uh, no, I like to do uh, bottled nutrients. I'm a bottled nutrient kind of guy. I run a lot of new mill products and also a lot of Botanicare stuff. I find when I mix them together, I get really good results for my style. Uh, if you put that green sensation in there, everything else will work. <laughs> yeah, I did, you, man. I Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no, yes, it's, uh, you know, I do like that synganic approach. Um, and I think that people can find a, a base that they're comfortable with, whether that's a purely synthetic base or a liquid bottle base or whatever, and put some of these really high quality additives that are out there on the market. You right. Name, obviously, being right. one of them. And get fantastic results. What is it, man? What is green sensation? It's something, <laughs> something with seaweed. It's a seaweed so extract or something. So green sensation is a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a bloom booster. It's actually from, uh, uh, from Playgrounds from overseas, and it is is a very interesting bloom booster in the zero eight nine. So it doesn't have a, a huge P and K load to it. It does have some uh, common uh, um, uh, uh, enzymes such as beta glucanase, pectinase, and cellulase. And if you have all three of those, because as cell walls enzymes. are a double cell wall, right? okay. they help break down the full cell walls as opposed to just being cellulase. But really what makes it actually special, um, it's an iron supplement too, but iron's pretty cheap. It helps. Um, that's an essential part of chlorophyll production. Helps keep yeah, the you certainly need it. Yeah. But what's really, really, really unique about it is it has an additional enzyme, which enzymes, they don't have to be there in a chemical process to, for it to be happening. But if they are there, it's going to help that process be more efficiently uh, done. So what... Green sensation does as an additional enzyme that lowers the activation energy that a plant needs to create its own in dole three acetic acid, its own auxins. So rather than putting because a synthetic auxin on the plant, we go, hey, why don't you do it yourself? We'll just help you do it more efficiently. Yep. And that's because plants can take a roots go, Thank uh, you. can update <laughs> ionically or through enzymatic exchanges. Yeah. And so I'm assuming it's just boosting those enzymatic exchanges in your root zone. Absolutely. And Boom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, AJR, could you give a quick breakdown of the difference between 
uh, Ion and the... Oh, look, Grandpa's got a boner. I can well, see that's, it. I've always been, I've been fascinated by the Ion exchange of salt Yeah, what does that mean, man? JR, you're a man of the people. Help me understand what that means. Well, for me, I don't know the polarity of all the, the uh, stuff that happens in the exchange. What I do know is the root either uh, puts out an exudate and it gets its exchanges through a natural biological source, right. or it has to take those up ionically or enzymatic exchange-wise through the root zone. So those are your options, basically, in feeding. And what's happening ionically, um, I don't know all of that that's going on. That's a Jay Maestro question. Mm -hmm. Shout out, brother. Yeah. Um, but what I can tell you is, when people are feeding and sometimes when they're giving stuff that's ionically available, it's super easy to overfeed and stress the plant yeah. ionically. It's direct right into it, man. Because what's happening organically, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, uh, organically you're, it's, you're using uh, a biological life to create and convert into that ionic well, form, plant, plant available or, form. Organic form of a nutrient needs to be actually converted in an inorganic plant available form. So really, and that's the, the ionic form, right? Means is carbon based or not carbon based, and plants cannot take up anything that's carbon based. That's we take up in its ionic form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some are taken up by they... diffusion, or some are taken up by mass flow. Most are actually taken up by diffusion, which is, so, as, as, as JR mentions, is a, is a process. It's, it, 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 it's a chemical process, an exchange process, actually. Why do enzymes help when you see these all fancy enzymes? What well, does that help? It, it, enzymes are, so enzymes are proteins, but they are, in, in our particular situation, they, um, they actually attach themselves. And this is, this is obviously very complex stuff, but they, they are present as a chemical reaction is happening. And because of its tertiary form and its shape and the way it's able sure. to connect these two things, it just makes it happen easier. Yeah, that's you know, what I was guru used efficient. to say. It lowers yeah. the amount of energy yeah, it takes to make a chemical reaction. It. Yeah. So again, it's funny, man. We there's a lot of things we don't know about plants, and I will oh, say yeah. that you know, again, not a single one of us is a scientist here. I'll point that out. Um, but, Grandma's uh, the closest we got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 but I will say that Jeff, uh, Jeff Lowenfels, uh, who's, you know, we all know, teaming with nutrients, teaming with microbes, things like that. He does some really great write-ups to help these incredibly complex um, um, uh, uh, concepts sure. be, be pretty Ecosystems, yeah, because, man. Because, again, none of us are, are chemists, and, and those are, these are difficult concepts. But here's the other thing. Let me be really clear about this. I don't care if you talk to the most brilliant plant physiologist in the world, of which several live here in our community sure. and, and are involved with CSU. They're going to tell you, we don't, we don't shit know shit about plants. We're doing a story They know about... point A. They know point B. They have no idea what happens in the middle. I mean, they're learning. They're, they're learning. It's they're a trying. great time to be in the plants, but, but man, because like they're many, learning. How many, how many research hospitals do you, you drive by in a day for humans? Tons. There's tons of money put into it. Right. Think about how much money is put into studying plants. Right. Not near as much as, as one would hope. So there's it's it's a wild and open frontier, you know what I mean? And it's it's like oh we know it goes from uh, nitrite to nitrate. We don't know how that happens. We yeah. just know it life happens. does it, man. Yeah. Like, so it's but I, you know what? Hey, that's one of the things I love about plants. Quite frankly, is that we don't know. The mystery, man. I love not to know, man. Hey, I, I tell you what, it's going to be a terrible segue and help me know, man. And let's talk about, oh, Grambo, you got something, man? You got some, some, I asked Grambo to help me field some comments, man. Well, this one I was, I was going to save a little bit later. Just oh, okay. It was a uh, specific question for Russ and Jeff about drops. So we'll save that for the, the books. 
Ooh, plug time. Save it for plugs. Yeah. I like it. Okay, damn. Not completely spaced, man. <laughs> what can you do, man? What can you do? Oh, yeah, man. I was just going to ask. Hey, JR, I'll start with you because I know you keep up on all these trends, man. But it's Christmas. I got to ask. I feel comfortable asking my wife now for weed stuff. So I'm going to ask her to help for a pack of beans, man. What do, you, what do y'all think? And I want, want everybody's opinion, but come on, give us the hot new. Well, I think knowing that you're going to do them in a tent with grow dots, I think you should do, uh, I think you should get some of something. Uh, Brad's got that uh, Skywalker OG that he crossed. And that'll stretch like a mother, so you don't want that. Let me see. Yeah, I always thought Skywalker was you because put, it would you put hit me the on sky. The spot there a little bit. No, no worries. Favorite breeders, uh, man. Favorite breeders, but, favorite flavors, trendy stuff, man. You just yeah. I you know I heard of this new strain. I mean, you guys, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. You, are you ready? Yeah. It's called Runts. Have you guys heard of that one? No, man. <laughs> hey, it's like dude banned me from talking about Orange Gasm anymore, man. Or somebody did. They were like, you know, Rasta Jeff has a bunch of good me. strains, man. No, that was me. I said we have to talk about Jeff's newer stuff. We've been talking about Orange All right. Gasm. For a decade, bro. Uh, hey, that, that means I'm doing something, something right, bro. That, that means I'm doing something, something right. <laughs> All right, Jeff, right to you, man. I agree with you. Come on, what are some yeah, fun new flavors, latest, bro? Jeff. Yeah, fun new flavors. Um, I think everybody is gonna love the uh, the Bobby Knight. Uh, Bobby Knight. How could you go wrong with Bobby Knight? It's uh, Indiana <laughs> bubblegum to afterglow. It's uh, real tropical flavors. It's uh, it's gonna grow kind of tall on you, but if you uh, trellis it down Rambo. or pop it early. It's manageable. Yeah. Bobby Knight Bobby throwing Knight. a chair. Will you, could you will just Google Bobby Knight like throwing it. a chair? Please do. Why, why did you name it Bobby Knight, man? Uh, it's got the Indiana bubblegum in there. And Bobby Knight was a Hoosier from love Indiana. It. I love Grandparents it. were huge basketball fans, and they were from probably... Indiana. And they're gone. So that was a good way to honor my grandparents' legacy with this weed strain. Puts them on my basketball culture from my history uh, into a weed strain name. Dude, I so, love yeah, it. It's Grandpa, a great Grandpa name. Got a weed that one's a good name. name. That one's a good name. There you go. Well, thank yeah, you guys. Pretty yeah, cool, Bobby man. Knight. Uh, amazing flavors and aromas. And then, of course, Bubble Goat. Indiana Bubble Gum and Golden Goat. You can't go wrong with that. Nah. Yeah, it's a classic, man, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now when you offer those, or I hate to go back to it, but I'm looking in your catalog to, to say, first off, one of the comments was like, I used to like when they put percentage indica sativa. Uh, they don't, you don't do that too much anymore, right? So a lot of that, um, is because if you want to take credit card processing and take money, you can't talk about the growth ah, traits of your gotcha. plants. So it's one or the other. So you can have grow reports and smoke reports and percentages, or you can sell the seeds. So um, <laughs> that's why a lot of us are doing two different websites right now. That's why I've got a retail site and a description site. The description site is under uh, construction because I have to adjust a lot of those descriptions because of some sure. other things. But um, yeah, they're all it's all under construction now. But that's why a lot of us can't post that stuff because of the if you want to take money, the credit card processor won't let you say THC, cannabis, marijuana, uh, any of those words are not allowed. Germination rate, you can't even put that because you can't germinate them. Wow. They're collectors. They're collectibles. They're not Grandma, to be that would, Oh, that would piss me right. off. I might have to throw a chair from that man. <laughs> Did you show it? Years, folks. I forgot. <laughs> it is. Watch this guy, man. This is Bobby Knight. This is who you named this strain after. Oh yeah, dude, that's classic. <laughs> that's so good. That's actually James Bean. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, anyway, man. Good for you, man. Good for you. We that's weren't the meme into the washer, Scott. 
He mellowed out in his older years. Yeah, yeah I bet. Somewhat. I so. bet. Man. <laughs> I don't know what else, man. What are the trendy? Is there? Aren't there? I'm not good with flavors, man. Since it's before Christmas, and all y'all know, uh, is there any you know hot new flavors as far as? I mean, like, uh, who was telling me, man? I don't know, man. Somebody was telling me they're they're a tangy slut, man. And I was like, "Mm, Well, you said Christmas. Do you guys do the Christmas bud? Does anybody get Christmas bud? Or did you ever get Christmas bud in your area? Yeah. 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 It always used to come around this time of year. There would just be truckloads. They call it Christmas bud. It was like Mm mid-grade. We got swagweed back then. So the mid-grade Christmas weed was like an upgrade. (laughs) It was. It was green. It was yeah, actually green. I'm sure man. it was a, a Mexican harvest from Mexico that just got yes. chopped down. It's just now ready, and it got brought right to me. I'm not far from the Mexican border. You know, I'm far, but not as far not, as many of but, us. Right. So they right. are. Right. That, that stuff made its way to Tennessee. I mean, that's all they talk about over there in Tennessee is that Christmas tree, bud. It's yep. legend all up and down the East Coast, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, no, this this is Mexican reg. I think is what you're. It's what I'm thinking about is yeah, Mexican you know, reg. It yeah, tasted like a Christmas tree, though. It was like that <laughs> Christmas tree thing yeah, you had yep. in your car. It was but bright, good. bright. <laughs> green. It's because it is because. All right, but Jr., I see you giving the thumbs down. That was weed for me, and I loved weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. for. Oh. Yeah, I I know, but I'm just saying the the idea for me was you know if I was gonna you know judge strains, uh, which one I, would, I guess it would be grow style first, but medical effect right after that, man. It's about getting high. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I do love a plant that grows really nice. That so, almost makes me. I have like... a question for you, Scotty. What terps are uh, no for you? What terps are an absolute no oh, for you? Oh man, I mean anything spicy, uh, fuely. I, I don't <laughs> like fruit. The OG <laughs> is like so. I'm so over that. You know what I mean, man? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't really care about that stuff, bro. I don't. I just care about getting toasted. Yeah, I haven't smelt a strain where I was like, man, I just wouldn't smoke that. Like, it just smelled so bad or anything. They all smell a bit different. Even the baby poop terps I smelled at the uh, Cowboy Cup in a jar. I was like, hmm, interesting, you know. I'll take uh, it. But, yeah. No, I'm, I tap out of baby spoiled. poop terps, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> Me and a girlfriend once just ever expire on you? She, she Something that you've been smoking, and then eventually you're like, I don't want to smell that anymore. Half gooey. Half gooey. I trimmed huh. it for like five days. By the end of it, I was done. Can't do after you sweet. Don't even bah. want to smoke it at that point, huh? Okay. No. Ghost train haze for me. It's just got a weird terp to it. Kind of turns my stomach. And even a hardcore straight cherry will turn my stomach a little bit. See, yeah. y'all know, man. Y'all are y'all are aficionados. I was trying to explain to someone over Thanksgiving that cannabis is becoming the new wine where there's uh, people that really know their flavors and there's competitions over it. And well, spent 20 years doing it, so I better know something about it. Right? <laughs> how, how long have, uh, has uh, iReGenetics been going, Jeff? Uh, as a legal company or as something that was in the background? Uh, probably around it's since something... 2009 or 2010 is when we were, I was trying to get this going. And how long have it, that, and so, I mean, I imagine the whole market has changed since then, no? Oh, it's completely different. The strains, uh, when I started, everybody wanted regular seeds and they were afraid of feminized seeds. Uh, yeah. Fem seeds had this stigma that they were all going to be herms. Every Herm, pack came man. from herms. And now it's the opposite, bro. Now everybody's like, ah, screw your regular seeds. Keep those. We all just want fems. It only took 10 years for that to shift completely. Why, when real did quick, you why, stop having, why? when did, 
Sorry, Scotty. When did you stop having people come up to you and say, I'm looking for yield. I want a big yielder. Yeah, that's Never. a good question. They still say that. That's still, that's still a lot of what really? they want. But it's shifting. It is shifting. People are learning. They're getting away from the THC numbers as well. They're starting to learn about uh, more about the terps and the actual effects instead of just buying for numbers, instead of shopping for that number. Well, what about commercially? I mean, when you go see people, Jaron, mm -hmm. I'm sure that yield is important well, for them. Well, I, no? I think specifically in commercials where it does become more important, in fact. Yeah. Um, you know, people, a lot of people are, I mean, even a lot of the growers are working on bonuses, you know what I mean? Poundage bonuses, sure. things like that. So, and, and if nothing else, there's goals to be hit. So, you know, unfortunately, I think that's what's actually contributed to some of the, you know, Lame proliferation of, of, of a lot of the same strains, you know. What not, Jared? Or the lame shit that you see in a lot of dispensaries. Exactly. It's it's basically people have taken the few that they know can perform well, be abused, get the yields they need, and and sell on a dispensary shelf, which at the end of the day doesn't end up being that interesting, I think, to, to most, you know, consumers. Grambo, you go to a lot of dispensaries, you're a dispensary guy. Yeah. Um what do you see? Is there is there top shelf flour around? Yeah, it's far and few between. Like we talked about on the show the other day, so there's 1,300 dispensaries in Denver. So you can imagine like a dozen are good, right? I always shout out Seed and Smith in Denver. They're right by the airport. I really love them. I have no affiliation other, convenient. Than, other than loving their, their cannabis. And uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you, you can get good stuff. You just have to really, really search and you usually pay through the nose. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, that's so of rude of me, man. I forgot to offer you a Space Cake Northern Lights cookie. Oh, what happened by to my the wife from ones? Did anybody eat those? I guess somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Just, you know. Um, I, yeah, from what I understand, I don't go to a lot of dispensaries, but from what I understand, I would back up Grandma and saying that there is top shelf flour out there, but you have to look for it a bit and you're going to pay for it. And I'll say for chat, I buy uh, concentrates and edibles. I don't buy flour. That's He's just a, saying it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look at it as I'm bored waiting for them to come bring it. I, All right. I, I don't buy flowers. Why does it take them so long, bro? You're like, I want those two grams that are sitting right there. And they're like, okay. Uh, and you walk to the register in like 20 minutes, they come to the register with your product. You're like, what happened? Well, I, I, I work at dispensary. It's the worst job ever. So, you know. So, well, you're in Denver Metro. What about Pueblo is what? Three hours south? A few, it's a few hours south. Anyhow, man, do you guys have Two hours quality? south of Denver. 100 miles. 120-ish miles. Oh, okay. That's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, the like local shop I go to, I just pop in for the Green Dot. I just go for the Green Dot concentrates is why I go. But every time yeah. I go, they try to sell me the Green Dot flour. And I don't get, I'm not sponsored, not affiliated. Not, I just, I smoke it. Is all I have to do with Green Dot. Sure. The Green Dot flour is top shelf stuff. It's pretty. It is. I'll, I'll give but that. like. And we're all going to agree, you got to pay out the ass for well, that Well, and stuff. for reference, yeah, the dispensary the I go to a lot uh, sells, uh, they have their EPC, they'll, they'll sell that, uh, $1,200 pounds of green dot weed out the door. Jeez. Jesus. Okay, how does Which the is cool. look? Right? <laughs> Which is cool, man. What's the, uh, what's the Canada dispensary weed look like? Any better these days? Yeah, did you go to dispensaries? No, I mean, one, no. you can't even... Uh, Rarely, I stopped. I was like, "Oh, this will be fun experiment. Let's see, you know, I'm in the scene, and it's you, sure. it's you know the, the government packaging with like tape. You can't see any of it. Okay, First I didn't off, think you just so. Look at a piece of paper Here's and go off you, of a menu. America, because <laughs> at least go in the back weed. room and grab you a box that was <laughs> prepackaged before it even arrived at the the dispensary. 
which that, that makes sense for most dispensary models, but no, it's not good. And then why would I ever pay for it? You know, that's <laughs> They're kind all of right. Of our show for your own. It's almost, I feel like almost everybody should have some type of friend or a friend of a friend that grows these days. <laughs> to quote, right? going to so quote George know. Costanza, why would I pay someone for weed? If I apply myself, I can get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> and Man, the entrepreneur oh, like was it. born. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we didn't even broach well, auto flowers, man. We didn't even get into it, man. We, we'll have to save that for another show, man. It's just a whole other ball of wax, bro. Hey, you mind, a lot man? Of Monday. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Scotty. Oh, I was just gonna. I had I a couple. Just. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you go <laughs> ahead, dude. I love going live. <laughs> I said there's going to be a lot of live Mondays to fill with some uh, more great content. I love just sitting here and learning every 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 Monday. It's been a good uh, good time it is. learning in public, if you will. And dude was cool, man. Dude was dude was. I said, man, uh, I'd love I'd love to do the panel show. And he goes, dude, I'm just going to sit back, let you do it. And he's going to be a panelist, man. Which is why I love working with the dude, man. So. I was like definitely been Ed McMahon. I, you haven't really the yes, belly, dude. My mom used to hate Ed McMahon. I never really understood why. Man. <laughs> you know, it's just one of them things. Uh, hey, man, we got in the celebrity or whatever. I'll do this as a, a rough segue to, man. Do you hate Snoop Dogg now? Uh, I look. I knew he was a whore for his likeness long ago. Yeah, okay? I mean, I'll not just, hate. Uh, hate's, a, hate's a hard word, like, man. When I saw, I mean, for me, I guess my moment is when it was Snoop Nutrients, right? That flop. If everybody was it really? Oh, yeah. they had Snoop um, Nutrients. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. that, there you go. That's how well it went. Um, I realize there there's just there's a number to that guy's likeness there's no question about it so he's quitting smoke right he's quitting smoke hang, hang on a second dude this is real man this he's got real. instead of hygrozyme it's hyzyme <laughs> all right that's kind of funny man dude <coughs> so oh my you god you know what scotty you can't hate the can't hate the player you just gotta hate the game right whoa <laughs> and, uh, jr drops the mic and as far as, you know, the Snoop thing go, I think it's genius. And the one that really gets under me is that Jim Belushi. I can't do it, bro. Okay, I'll, I'm going gonna, gonna to go. <laughs> I, I find, what, okay, I'll actually agree with JR 100%. I, I've known that Snoop, you know, is willing to do these gimmicks and whatnot, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I thought it was kind of funny at the end of the day. I guess so. Uh, the Belushi thing, I have a, I just can't, I just can't do it. Let me see that. I just can't fucking do it. I managed to keep it off my radar, man. I, you know, but I always, you know, part part of it is my dad was a real John Belushi fan, you know, and so it was like (laughs) the real one, the real one. Yeah, we get it, man. (laughs) Dylan doesn't want lesser Belushi. Like maybe I I don't know, but I just sure he's a nice guy. I've I've heard he's a nice guy. I have legitimately heard that. I know some people that work with him, um, but I'm just. I'm with you, Jr. I'm still having. It's just the norm, the normalizing part of it. We have to give thanks to. I think that part we can't deny the normalizing part of it. Uh, But some, I don't know. Some of it is just hard to digest as a person from the culture and someone who's been in the trenches for you know thirty plus years. You know. 
if anybody has a grill out there they want to advertise i am a sellout so. when the dude yeah. grows meta the motto has always been normalizing cannabis you can't get more, more normalizing than selling out to the man ah, <laughs> i tell you what this is the perfect segue to sell out and let's let's give all all, all ourselves some shout outs Give our social media. Let everybody know where to find us, man. Yeah. Yeah, I am Scotty Real. All right, yeah. You can find me right here <laughs> and over at realgrowers.com. Actually, I have a new channel, uh, Scotty Real 420 on, uh, on YouTube. Yeah, All right, yeah. See, All right, there we go, now man. JR Token, please give yourself a proper shout out, man. I think his uh, Instagram is safe to scroll. Cannabis pot. <laughs> Cannabuzz podcast, uh, cannabuzz.app. Uh, this week we had um, Kaya Rossball from Pacific Northwest Roots on, and he blessed us with a bunch of knowledge and a bunch of game. Uh, he used to hustle the beasters down from Canada to all his fine folks down here in America. So check that interview out. It's a good one. It'll be out this Thursday. Awesome. Very cool. Look at that. You and Jay Maestro. It's a good social media. That's a good post, man. I pulled out the picture of you and uh, Maestro up here so that the crowd can see it, JR. Respect, man. Respect. Come on, Rasta Jeff. Nice. um, Follow me on Instagram. It's irie underscore genetics. Everything else is on iriegenetics.com if you need beans right away. Uh, Sorry, man. Gra- Grambo is uh, is gonna scroll your Instagram. There goes age gating. <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't scroll that. Don't scroll mine. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but oh, you guys that man. are listening and watching, do go to Irie Genetics on Instagram. Irie underscore Genetics. The website's iriegenetics.com. Uh, make sure you check. I saw the quick pick. That was great. Uh, also, um, what was I going to say? Irie Direct. If you need seeds, iriedirect.com. Black Friday pricing is still active. Get them while you can. Boom. I dig it, man. Thanks for having me. I dig me. it. Hey, this is fun, man. Oh, look at you, man. You and Daz, man. I want to get him back on, man. Daz from Night Owl. Yeah. Yeah. He's an auto. Oh, yeah. Get Daz on. If you want to talk about autos, Daz is your guy. Will you hang out with me when we do it, man? I would love to. Yeah. Daz and I might secretly be working on something, so it might be fun. I like it, man. I like it. Come on, man. Last but certainly not least, drum roll, please, man. Oh, is this me now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jaren underscore H, as you can see there, you know. I'm um, not super active on it, but you can definitely, message-wise, I, I do a lot of messaging on there. But obviously, we got the podcast as well, the Joe Dealers podcast. Come uh, check that out as nice. well. It comes out on Tuesdays. Um, you know, all things New Millennium, Playground 5.8 Associated, etc. So, We've got some fun new things coming down the pipeline. I'll also be in Vegas the next uh, three, four days. So anybody that does happen to come out to Vegas, uh, come see. What, what's the? It's a, not an easy booth number. It's like forty-eight. Your booth is like thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, it's like forty-eight oh seventeen. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, even, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. 48, anyhow, 48, There's a dash. Four eighty twenty-eight allegedly, but anyway, come find us. Uh, I'll be at the DLI booth, the five eight booth in Vegas. If anybody's out there, come see us. Stop by for a listen to Jug Dealers. Boy, I did look a little bit scrubby there, didn't I? That's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, all right. Hey, let me ask you, man, since we're just bullshit. Got, hope... got my ears lifted or something, whatever they call it. Who's gone to MJ BizCon here? Just you? <laughs> yeah, man, Vegas. Oh, just... hey, hold on, hold on. Grambo's gone? Hand. Nah, I'm, I'm 
I might be visited. Yeah, Jared invited me out there to come help film uh, and everything. So really? I haven't had a vacation in like two <laughs> well, years. Well, that's not going to had... be one. No. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. That's work, no, Jaren? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine so. No, it's it hanging is, out it's with Jai here in his $5,000 suite. It's a whirlwind. It's All a right. lot of work, that's for sure. But uh, if anybody's Jay, out there, stop yeah, by. Yeah, what you're. For Jaren, your day starts at about 7 a.m. and gets over at about 7 a.m., right? Yeah. No, you, you <laughs> hit the nail on the head there, buddy. I tell everybody there's 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 show shift, which is normal, right? Sure. Then there's dinner shift, and then there's party shift. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, not, a lot, going not a lot of there, time left over from there. But you're going there for each of them. Each of those, it's a party shift sounds not important. It's very important. It's very important. Jaren. The problem is, is that they're then again the next morning is that show shift again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many days? By day it? four. Three days. Day four. Yeah. Uh, ah, it's so, awesome. Yeah, we'll have fun. We'll have fun. Hopefully, I see you folks out there. Mm. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Grambo, come on. You deserve a shout out, man. Uh, I mean, uh, follow me on Instagram. I was out. Uh, I do stand up comedy. I was out on the road last year, and I was flirting with a pretty girl, and she's like, "Oh, you're a comic? Let me look you up on Instagram." She looked me up. She goes. Pfft. I got more followers than you. Uh, Help him out, folks. So follow Help me on Instagram. Him out, please. Yeah, come cannot, on, man. We can never let this happen again to our boy. It helps his game Ever. a lot. Yeah. All right, man. Our you lives. guys look at this for, for the cause. <laughs> this is for the cause. You look at Jeff. Jeff could spare a few followers. You see all the followers yeah. that guy has? My followers. Go follow Grambo. Grambo420. Give him a follow. Josh Grambo. He's cool. I love it. Josh Grambo. Give him a follow. Thanks. <laughs> Thank Come you guys on, so much. Really yeah. a pleasure as always. Hey, yeah, I think hey, we had a good time, man. Work. If you need work, hit up Grambo Edits. At Grambo Edits. <laughs> no way, man. Uh-uh. I'm getting busy. No way. Don't Grambo's busy. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. I'll share it with my buddy, but that's it, man. All right? <laughs> Dude, thank you for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, I was just going to say stay higher out there. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Comment, like, subscribe. And uh, also feel free to suggest guests in the comments as well, man. We want to keep this panel expanding and learning in public and having a good time and just going on. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you guys. Always fun with the panel. This has been great. This is a good one, man. This is good, man. Keep it up. Thank you, guys. Growers love y'all. Growers love y'all. Hey. Man, that's so good. I want to steal growers love, JR. (laughs) 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 You might uh, well, I stole it. <laughs> well, till then, take her easy. <laughs>